Inside Chicago Government. ShyGov.com. Welcome to another in a series of interviews with Ben Jarofsky. I'm Dave Glowatz. Ben Jarofsky writes on government and politics for the Chicago Reader, and he's here with me today. Ready to take it apart, Ben? Yes, sir. Today we're talking about your article that appeared in the Reader on February 14th, 2013, and it's titled, Good Luck Finding the Documents that Explain CPS's Longer School Day. First of all, happy Valentine's Day, February 14th. And we've got our hearts on here today. <laughs> so this article details the effort of a parent. Don't even know what to say to that. A parent by the name of Glenn Krell on the north side. who, By the way, reminds me of you in a lot of ways. Why is that? Well, he's just an intrepid sort, and he knows how to use computers, and I give him a lot of credit. So you wrote about his effort to get from Chicago Public Schools documentation that supports CPS's claim that Chicago public grade school students receive 22% less instruction time than other students nationwide. And you wrote about how CPS said it either had no such documents or it wasn't required by law to retain them. That is correct, Senator. The issue of a longer school day has been resolved. The teachers union and the board of ed decided on a seven-hour class day for elementary schools and a seven-and-a-half-hour day for high schools. So why should your readers care about the longer school day issue anymore? Good question. Whether readers care about the longer school day or why the board does what it does is one point, whether they should care about that. The real issue at stake here is, number one, getting access to public information, uh, information that should be available to the public. So that's the number one issue. The number two issue is how does the Chicago public school system, the leaders of our Chicago public school system, how do they go about making the decisions that they do? These are significant decisions that affect thousands and thousands of people. The public has a right to know that these decisions are being made, are thought out, well thought out, that they're not influenced by unknown forces, unknown special interests, if you will, and that they are, in fact, acting in the best interests of the school children of Chicago, of the taxpayers of Chicago, of the teachers and parents in Chicago, as opposed to just bending to the whim of whatever political creature has now taken control of them. Who are you calling a creature? Yes, no. who, who are you calling? So those are the real issues at stake here. And uh, keep in mind, listeners out there in listener land, that Glenn's first FOIA request was uh, sent in at the time when this was really prominent in the news, as opposed to a year later when um, things have faded. And the next great decision, as I point out in the article, is prominent in the news, and that is closing schools. So the city now has created a school closing list of 129 schools. Potential. That is correct. And now they're going to whittle that down to some number, Lord knows how many they're going to eventually close. You want to take bets? I bet 20. <laughs> wow. That's, that's How many do I th- I don't know. That is a good question. But Which will be many more than they've ever closed in one year yes. before. Yes. Last year, I believe, don't quote me on this, they closed seven, as I recall. And there was an outrage over that. I think there were seven schools closed and 10 schools turned around. Um, now, some of those schools that were turned around last year are on the list to be closed. Oops. Yeah, oops. <laughs> so that raises what Glenn was raising. Why are you doing what you're doing? Last year, you turned these schools around, which means giving a contract to an outside contractor to oversee the turnaround process, which means forcing teachers to reapply for their jobs, which in many cases means bringing in new principals, more turmoil for the schools. Now, one year later, you're proposing to potentially close them. 
What about the turnaround process? Isn't anybody watching at the Board of Ed or at CPS what they did just the year before? So that's why I think it's relevant, and I give credit to people like Glenn who are intrepid enough to try to demand accountability from their government or an explanation, if nothing else. It just goes to show you the lengths to which Chicago Public Schools under Mayor Rahm Emanuel will go to keep people from getting access to basic information. Now, in this case, the basic information they're trying to get, it's not even clear. That is, the reports, the studies that govern the decision to lengthen the school day and to justify doing that. And this is the key point. CPS says that they're not under any obligation to retain that information, which raises another question. Well, did you have it in the first place? Presumably, they had something. Their decision to lengthen the school day unilaterally was based on something other than... Wikipedia. Wikipedia? They just got on the website. Let's see, how many students have a longer school day? I always say it was a campaign promise that Mayor Emanuel, or excuse me, candidate Emanuel seized upon to sort of make it seem like he was going to have an impact of significance to the citizens of Chicago. We've talked about that. We've talked about how Rahm Emanuel's policies... Some of them might have resulted from a campaign promise checklist, like 1,000 more cops on the street, check. 100 more miles of bike lanes, check. Well, first of all, the 1,000 cops. Okay, if we weren't going to do this, no new taxes, uncheck, because our taxes <laughs> have gone up. 1,000 cops on the street, uncheck, because we have I'm saying any- from the manual administration standpoint, you know, like, all right, we're going down the list. I've got that one. Superintendent McCarthy claimed that, yes, we have moved 1,000 more officers to the street. Which is different than saying 1,000 more cops on the street. Right. And who knows what it actually means. But anyway, my point is that he had a checklist, you know, tax increment financing task force, check. <laughs> no, he was going to reform. <laughs> tips. Okay, I know what you're doing. I appreciate what you're doing. Maybe that's why there was never a there there, because the word came down. Mayor's got this thing on his checklist. Make it happen somehow, you know, sort of reverse engineer it. I think, yes, you are correct. I think that so much, as we've probably talked about this before, but so much of what we see in Chicago right now is administrating by press release and press conference. Decisions are announced Great fanfare as though they're, first of all, in the best interests of the city of Chicago and as though they're going to happen whether we want them or not because the mayor has deemed this what we need. It's like forcing a recalcitrant child to take some kind of medicine, uh, what we need to heal ourselves. And so then when the public asks, well, what is this medicine you're giving us? Why do you think it's in our best interest to take it? And what evidence do you have to support your claims, we are treated the way Glenn is treated, and that is we are told just to take the medicine and the city doesn't have to show us any evidence. So yes, I think, Dave, that you're on to something there, that this is merely a continuation of trying to make good on campaign promises that he probably shouldn't have made in the first place. Well, maybe he'll do better next time. (laughs) When he runs for president? (laughs) Which campaign promises are you talking about? For another day. Yes. Speaking about the ability to get access uh, and get information out of the Chicago Public Schools administration, in April of 2010, you got a personal interview with several CPS administration officials. The glory days. <laughs> <laughs> they ushered me downtown. Yes, now they won't even call me back, but whatever. I'm not complaining. They did that to help you understand the budget yeah, I love and, that. and salaries. Yes, yes. You said those are the glory days. What's been your experience since then, getting information from oh, CPS? Oh, well, I'm, uh, CPS is merely an extension of the mayor's administration. So by and large, I get very little information from the mayor's people. There's there's never been anything vaguely resembling like a honest discussion about the pros and cons of stuff. In the old days, you go way, way back, 
going back to like Washington and Sawyer in the early days of Daily, there was usually a um, PR person who would engage me. You know, they, they'd be well-versed on whatever spin they were going to put out, and they'd put it out, and then there'd be a back and forth. God, if you go back to the days of Washington, this is radical. Uh, I didn't even have to go through a mayoral press aide. I would just call up the department itself and has to speak to the chief. I think even more under Emanuel than under Daly, there's been an attempt to completely streamline the flow of information to press people so that they're all speaking the same talking point, even if the talking point makes no sense. And so there's very little room for discussion. There's very little room for debate. So there's no really chance to ask a follow-up question, which would force the press person to sort of defend their point of view or to break from the talking point. I think the last time I had such a give and take with the Board of Ed, I believe it was on the longer school day issue where Becky Carroll, who's the chief PR person, and Jennifer Cheatham got on the phone with me. And then I remember I wrote about this. I was walking the dog at the time, and they were a little late getting back to me. Becky, I love you anyway. What does Jennifer Cheatham do? She's, by the way, I think up for a job as school superintendent of Madison right now. So she was the person in charge. of. At the time, I think it was the longer school day. What a title. And you need a doctorate for that. Anyway, they got on the phone with me. We had a back and forth, and I dutifully recounted it in the reader, and you know I appreciated it. But those days are gone. That was, I don't know how many months ago, Dave. And so now, you know, I guess they've been told, don't talk to Ben. So they don't return your calls anymore? This last story, no, they did not. It was an email, but no, they did not return it. And FOIA requests? Well, first of all, by and large, FOIA requests. I don't do FOIA requests. That's right. You have a problem with FOIA requests. Yeah, I have a big issue, fundamental issue with FOIA requests. Information shouldn't be free. Yes, I think (laughs) information just should be there. We should just ask for it and they should give it to us. Why we should fill out papers and file. You You actually don't have to fill out a form for a FOIA request. Don't you have to fill out a piece of paper? No, no. Technicality. No, you send in the letter. You could send an email and just say, I like this information. I was speaking of filling out in the most generic sense of as in filling out a piece of paper. That's actually a fundamental point. You said we should just be able to ask for it. Well, the FOIA process has been streamlined quite a bit since its inception to where you don't need a form and you can just, you can ask in plain English. Okay, let me amend what I said right. to, to reflect what I exactly feel. God damn, this is what they call the grilling of that. <laughs> Thank you, Eric Zorn. <laughs> you should not have to go through this obstacle course to get information. That's just, you should just be able to say, oh, I'd like to see what you have regarding XYZ. In fact, if we really lived in a truly transparent society, they would just put it on the internet. We are making a claim. Our superintendent, Jean-Claude Brizard, is claiming that Chicago's students, uh, compared to all other students, have less time in the classroom. Here's how we substantiate that. Here's Houston. Here's Dallas. Here's Sacramento. Here's San Francisco, et cetera, et cetera. Here's a study that we commissioned by the Dave Glowatz Foundation. You know, so that should just be on the internet. As I say, they're probably reverse engineering it now. Yes, they're probably preparing it as we speak. So to me, FOIA has always been a way to keep people from getting the things, basic information, as opposed to just making it available and making it available in a way they can understand. I mean, if you try to find TIFF information, for instance, There's reams and reams of documents thrown haphazardly on the internet. Good luck trying to make sense of it all. This is a point that was raised at that town hall TIFF meeting that we just had the other day where Tom Tresser and other activists are trying to organize in some kind of coherent fashion the information that the city disseminates about TIFFs so that we can understand what the heck's going on. 
He did a very skillful job in his presentation. He showed the people what you would find when you just go to the city's website looking for TIF information, and it's just voluminous. You can't make sense of it. And then he showed how you have to dig through it to find the kernel of what you need and then what you have to do to put that into some kind of meaningful statement of sorts. That sounds instructive on a couple levels. One, he gave people a tutorial on how you can dig into this and then secondly demonstrated how unwieldy it is. Yes, exactly. It was a very, I thought, a very effective presentation. And his group, I'm now giving a plug for his group, Civic Lab is putting up the sort of information that the city should be providing. But it's a very cumbersome, time-consuming process because you got to get a hold of it. And by the way, I am convinced, now we're on a tangent about TIFFs, but I'm convinced the city has all this stuff at a computer form. You could tell you right down to the block how much people get in TIF expenditure. For their own planning people. For their own planning purposes, exactly. But they choose not to share that. Similarly, they choose not to share for the Board of Ed why they've decided that they're going to close 129 schools. They don't want to have a public debate about utilization rate. Like, you know, there are people who are clamoring for that debate. I feel that in general, we've seen the last two years or the first year and a half, whatever it has been of the mayor's regime, is that an unwillingness to uh, bring the public in for discussions of the policies that the mayor's implementing. That's all we've got time for, Ben. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, sir. Listeners, we welcome your questions, comments, and suggestions. Look for us on Twitter and Facebook by searching for Inside Chicago Government. On your web, go to shygov.com, where you'll learn how to subscribe to our article and podcast feeds. And you can email us via contact at shygov.com. I'm Dave Glowatz. Thanks for listening.